After hundreds of interviews and thousands of hours of research, we're excited to share with you our first book, The Greater Good, Life Lessons from Hawaii's Leaders, with a special forward from Mayor Mufi Hanneman. The Greater Good is a collection of personal stories and quotes from over 70 of the leaders we've interviewed. The Greater Good will make you laugh, make you cry, and will inspire you to live a greater good life. Available at bookstores statewide and at greatergoodbooks.com. Welcome to Greater Good Radio Hawaii, where leaders inspire leaders. Greater Good Radio Hawaii is dedicated to social entrepreneurship. I'm your host, Evan Leong, and with me is my co-host, Carrie Leong. He accepted the task of leading Kaneohe Ranch and the Harold K. L. Castle Foundation to improve the area of Kailua and the community. He's legendary for his leadership in the redevelopment of Victoria Ward and the sale to General Growth Properties for $250 million. He had a huge responsibility because he knew before others that most of the proceeds from the business would go to charity after the owner's passing. He is heavily involved in improving Hawaii's educational system. He's also making sure the average of $7 million in grants that the Harold K. L. Foundation awards each year is put to good use and worthy causes. Please welcome to Greater Good Radio, Mitch Dolier, President and Chief Executive Officer of Kanyohe Ranch Company and the Harold K. L. Castle Foundation. Welcome to our show, Mitch. Carrie and Evan, nice to be here. Nice to be with you guys again. Can you tell us a little bit more about the Kaneohe Ranch and what you do? Be happy, I'd be happy to try to do that. Uh, Kaneohe Ranch is a family-owned business uh, that is a real estate business that was founded by a gentleman named Harold Kainalu Long Castle and his father in the early 1900s. They actually bought Kaneohe Ranch from a gentleman named Mendonca and someone else who founded it in the 1890s. Uh, and it was a cattle operation to start with. It was operated on a leasehold basis. And in 1916, Harold Castle and possibly his father made a wonderful real estate transaction. They decided to buy the fee. And they bought the fee from a lady named Nanny R. Rice who lived in Boston in 1916. And they bought the Ahupua'a of Kailua and Kaneohe, with the exception of royal lands, that means Kamehameha schools, and with the re exception of Kuleanas. So huge amount of real property in Windward Oahu in 1916 because they wanted to own the land where the ranch was. Uh, Harold Castle operated the ranch throughout his entire life and near the end of his life, uh, Windward Oahu started to urbanize. Uh, statehood in 1959, world, end of World War II, and housing was developed. And he entered into relationships with contractors and others to build out residential in what we know as Kailua and Kaneohe today. And so the basis of the wealth of the family was that real estate transaction back in 1916 and someone who did enough transactions that he could pay the real property tax and keep his land. Uh, Mr. Castle died in 1967, and in 1967 he took 29% of his assets and left them to charity in something called the Harold K.L. Castle Foundation. That foundation and Kaneohe Ranch is the family business that I try to provide leadership for on a daily basis. And then how did you end up at Kaneohe Ranch? I had been at Victoria Ward, as you guys had known, and I, you know, I'm 
I am very blessed to have been given a lot of interesting challenges and great opportunities in Hawaii. Uh, while I was on the Victoria Ward board, one of my friends, uh, Jimmy Castle, James Christian Castle, passed away. He had been on the board of the Harold Castle Foundation. And because of his wishes and family leadership, I was asked when I was at Victoria Ward, would I consider becoming a director of the Harold Castle Foundation? Kind of started there. So in around 1994, 1995, I became a director of the Castle Foundation and started a relationship again with the Castle family. When my term at Victoria Ward was concluded, the Castle family gave me the opportunity to play a leadership role with their family real estate business and the foundation. Was this your first experience in regards to leading a nonprofit organization? Well, I didn't. This was not my first experience leading a nonprofit organization, but it was my first experience leading a foundation. Uh, I'd had the opportunity to lead Honolulu Rotary, uh, Boys and Girls Club of Honolulu before, and so I'd had some leadership, but not really like as a job. It was more like community service. So what were some of the growth spurts that you had to go to, go through in regards to learning what had to be done and really executing on your position? The biggest thing starting in any new job is like what's the business or what's the activity all about and what does it take once you've tried to understand it, what kind of skills is it going to take to get through to making a difference and to taking a step in a positive direction to do change and other things. Generally, it's understand the business, team, vision, execution. And that was true at Victoria Ward. That's been true at County Area Ranch and the Harold Castle Foundation. What is your style though because you're going into a company that's already running and you're trying to figure out you know, their mission, their philosophy and the way they work and now become a part of their team? A lot of it's communication and in the beginning a lot of it's just like trying to understand what everybody's doing and who everybody is and trying to see how the teams are playing together and trying to figure out in an early period of time what the opportunities are. And then style, I mean, I think everybody needs to have their own style. My style is who I am. There's not like a style A, style B from a book or something like that. I mean, if you lead through who you are, then you can generally be successful. And I can't lead the way Don Horner or Al Landon or Alan Doan lead. I can only lead the way I can lead. Why not just retire after that's you're great, done with Ward? That's a great question, and my, my family asked me that same question, and I've asked myself that same question. Because uh, I had too much energy, and because the Harold Castle Foundation had too, was, was too tempting and too big an opportunity to turn down. I viewed the foundation as a gigantic force for making Hawaii better. It's like, I got to give back to Hawaii because Hawaii has given me all these incredible opportunities. There was, I could not come up with a better way to give back to Hawaii than trying to make the Harold Castle Foundation into a higher performing foundation than it already was. Thanks for tuning in. Stay tuned for more on Greater Good Radio. 
After hundreds of interviews and thousands of hours of research, we're excited to share with you our first book, The Greater Good, Life Lessons from Hawaii's Leaders, with a special forward from Mayor Mufi Hanneman. The Greater Good is a collection of personal stories and quotes from over 70 of the leaders we've interviewed. The Greater Good will make you laugh, make you cry, and will inspire you to live a greater good life. Available at bookstores statewide and at greatergoodbooks.com. Howdy sell his company to Akamai Technologies for $3 billion. Find out at greatergoodradio.com. Who donates 6% of sales to make more money? Find out at greatergoodradio.com. How do you get 100 stores and 100 million in sales in less than 10 years? Find out at greatergoodradio.com. Who raised $50,000 in a few weeks for the tsunami relief? Find out at greatergoodradio.com. And all while benefiting the community. Radio.com. We're back with Mitch Dolier, President and Chief Executive Officer of Kaneohe Ranch Company and the Harold K.L. Castle Foundation. There's a lot of executives that come to Hawaii and then for one reason or another can't fit in and end up leaving. What advice could you give to executives coming to work here Mary, in order to fit Mary in? Mary, an island girl from, from somewhere. I was really blessed because Bambi grew up in San Juan, Puerto Rico. And Bambi's transition to Hawaii was easier than the transition of a lot of spouses of friends of mine that have tried to be here for a short period of time. The other thing you need to understand is before I went into leadership in business, or before I even went into business, I've been here for 19 and a half years. So I think a lot of the transition, you know, the transition to being happy here, loving what Hawaii had, having my three kids born here, you know, maybe after my first son was born here, I felt like I was part of Hawaii in a different way. Uh, but I had a longer transition than a lot of people that come for a short period of time did. And I was really lucky that Bambi and I liked the things that Hawaii has. What is it that you were doing in Iowa that prepared you for these such high positions in Hawaii? You know what? I don't have any idea the answer to that question. That's a really good question. I went to law school. Uh, and in law school, you know, I learned a manner of thinking. I learned how to write. I learned how to present my thoughts verbally. And those were some of the skills that helped me in my transition to Hawaii and in my success. But mentors in Hawaii sort of took the raw materials that were there and shaped them into whatever success I've been able to have. So who would those mentors be? My first mentor was somebody named Marshall Goodsell. And Marshall, the law firm's now Goodsell, Anderson, Quinn, and Stifel. When I started in 1972, it was Jenks, Kidwell, Goodsell, and Anderson. Mr. Goodsell was from Galesburg, Illinois, a Harvard-educated lawyer, uh, represented a lot of major businesses here, and I worked for him. He taught me that there wasn't anybody in the business community that would read anything I wrote that was longer than a page. And he said, if you're not smart enough to really explain a complicated subject in a concise manner, you're probably not smart enough to be a good lawyer. And he taught me the importance of that and intention to detail. When I first had opportunities to do community service, he looked at me and said, well, what's in your heart, Mitch? He says, you really care about this subject. And gave me a pretty good foil for considering what I'd do and what I wouldn't do in community service. So Marshall was really my first mentor and a very significant one. Do you remember a specific instance where 
you were you know learning something from him or sat down with oh, him and several it times made a big several difference? times early on you know I wrote he he had a question and so I needed to write a memo in response to the question that was presented and I would I thought sort of bury the subject and and write it and and, and have the answers and Marshall really taught me that the way I wrote it was way too verbose and not helpful from a business point of view. The other thing he taught me is if Evan and Carrie have a question for me that they want to ask me as a lawyer, you don't want me to tell you what you can't do or that you can't do something. You want me to be smart enough to figure out how you can get to the objective you want consistently under the law. And in multiple situations, Marshall taught me that. Uh, Marshall and several other of my partners also taught me that how you live your life outside of your work reflects back on your work. And so you got to keep all parts of your life and the financial part of your life squared away if you wanted to be successful in the career part of your life. When you went into law, did you think that you'd be going into business or eventually a nonprofit I had organization? absolutely no idea. No, this is just some, this is something that's evolved. My life has been a more incredible adventure than I could have ever believed. I thought I would be, you know, when I went to law school, I didn't even know what law was, a lot, because there weren't lawyers in my family. And ultimately, when I came out of law school, I wanted to be a successful lawyer. I wanted to be a business lawyer and help businesses do business transactions. And Hawaii was a fun place to be able to do that. And the way it's evolved has been beyond my expectations. When did you know you wanted to leave law and go into the business realm? When Peter Ubroth gave me the opportunity to consider being president of Hawaiian Airlines, because before then I'd received offers to leave law and I didn't really think I wanted to. And this was like something I believed in that I could be passionate about, because at the time, Mainland carriers were getting ready to enter this market. It was unclear whether there would be local carriers that would survive, and I thought Hawaii needed to have an airline that was run and managed from Hawaii where decisions were made here about the transportation from this place to places outside Hawaii. And so it was a little bit, it was like a little bit of a cause. It was something that I had been around for 14 or 15 years as outside counsel, so I knew a lot about the finances and the law side of the financing and equipment for the airline. So I had something to bring in terms of transactional strength. And it was a chance to try it. And the worst thing that could have happened is I could have gone back and been a lawyer again. This is the way I looked at it at the time. Thanks for tuning in. Stay tuned for more on Greater Good Radio. After hundreds of interviews and thousands of hours of research, we're excited to share with you our first book, The Greater Good, Life Lessons from Hawaii's Leaders, with a special forward from Mayor Mufi Hanneman. The Greater Good is a collection of personal stories and quotes from over 70 of the leaders we've interviewed. The Greater Good will make you laugh, make you cry, and will inspire you to live a greater good life. Available at bookstores statewide and at greatergoodbooks.com. Is the greatest part of your workday the leftover lasagna you packed for lunch? Is it quickly becoming apparent that you and everyone you know are smarter than your boss? Just how satisfying is it to wear an untucked shirt on Fridays? It's time you stopped filling a position and started being fulfilled with a job that excites you every day, not just payday. And now is the perfect time to demand more of the work week. 
The Honolulu Star Bulletin and Midweek Work with Monsters so you can live up to your potential right here. Your calling is calling. Find it at starclassifieds.monster.com. We're back with Mitch Dolier, President and Chief Executive Officer of Kaneohe Ranch Company and the Harold K.L. Castle Foundation. You know, it seems like several of the people that we've interviewed, they do have this law background, but they eventually get into business or the CEO positions of these nonprofit organizations. Do you have any explanation on that? Well, like- lawyers leading businesses is a phenomenon in America that's been happening for hundreds of years. A lot of times, and the most traditional way it happens in great big companies, is people from the law department work their way into the finance department, work their way into leading finance department, work their way into CEO positions. Now, why are lawyers leaders? You know, we learn to talk, we learn to organize our thoughts, and is it a world controlled by laws that we live in? Yes, it is. I tell people younger than you guys that law, a law degree is an unfair advantage for life. I mean, take away my Hawaiian Airlines experience, I could go to the counter and read the ticket and tell you what it means. You know, I can I can work my way through the myriad of contractual stuff that I'm presented with. I've spent my life negotiating things so that it gives you a skill set that can take people into leadership. I mean, political figures, many of them are lawyers for the same reason, society of laws, learn how to present your thoughts, learn how to communicate. What would you say to young business leaders or aspiring young business leaders on how to make that progression up the you know, food chain? I mean, the first thing that you need to deal with the progression is a place in the chain. So that means you need to hone your skill in something and be good enough at it so you be noticed. So whatever you're doing, you got to do it really, really well. That's the starting point. You need to have a skill where you're noticed. Second thing is work for people and take advantage of the opportunity to work for people that can teach you things. I've been blessed throughout my entire career by being around wonderful people in Hawaii that shared their knowledge with me and made me better. And so take the jobs where you can learn and grow that skill set. Follow your passion. If you don't love what you're doing, you probably need to be thinking about, should I have another job or not? Now, it's hard to leave jobs because family, friends, everybody else have expectations for you, but only you are going to know what you're passionate about. And, you know, I try to tell my younger friends that follow your passions. And the hardest thing is like, well, you know, I get some of the times I get these blank looks like, what are my passions? And that's kind of a get to know yourself kind of thing. And you really need to be evaluating what you like doing. I love doing things with other people. I love competing. I love doing work that involves physical things like buildings and destiny. I mean, it's been an unbelievable joy to work on the transformation of Oahe Street and Kakako that came out in the way it did. And I can remember, like it all started, we renovated the Sports Authority store, and could we have done things better with that? Yeah, we could have. But we did it 
and then it became a financial success. And it was very satisfying to drive down Oahe Street and up Ward Avenue toward H1 every night, looking at the lights on at Sports Authority, seeing the parking lot full, and seeing all kinds of people in there in a place where nobody was before. And so that involvement in a physical project, that involvement in real estate that way, was, it was surprised me that I had a passion for it as much as I did. I didn't realize that I would be that, that as passionate about it as I was. I understood it as a great opportunity when I started, but it was like, whew, I wish I'd have known that about myself before. I might have done this sooner. Uh, and so really evaluate yourself and try to know yourself well enough to understand what your passions are. So build a skill, work for people that can teach you something, follow your passions. So where does passion play a role in your life? I don't do anything that I'm not passionate about now. And I, you know, if I said Crusader Rabbit, you guys wouldn't know what I was talking about. Uh, there was a TV show called Crusader Rabbit. There's this little bunny who's like a little superhero. Uh, and he did the right thing at the right time and tried to make the world better. I'm like a little bit of Crusader Rabbit inside me. I have to make my job a cause. Uh, at Ward, it was like, how do I create a destination for the community and do the right thing for all of us, a place where we can all go, a place where we can walk around at night, enjoy ourselves, and then compete with this big behemoth? Because like, there was general growth properties as like a monster on this little thing in Kakako that's not a blip on the national radar screen. How do I even do that? But it was like a big cause for me. And was it fun? Oh, yes. Wow, it's really fun. And I think... When I'm passionate about something, my enthusiasm comes through, and I'm having fun, and I'm way harder to compete with. In fact, anybody is way harder to compete with when they're having fun. So it's like you look over there, there's this group of people having fun. It's like, it's like Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. They keep looking across the desert. It's like, who are those guys? Well, if those guys are having fun, it's like really hard. Thanks for tuning in. Stay tuned for more on Greater Good Radio. After hundreds of interviews and thousands of hours of research, we're excited to share with you our first book, The Greater Good, Life Lessons from Hawaii's Leaders, with a special forward from Mayor Mufi Hanneman. The Greater Good is a collection of personal stories and quotes from over 70 of the leaders we've interviewed. The Greater Good will make you laugh, make you cry, and will inspire you to live a greater good life. Available at bookstores statewide and at greatergoodbooks.com. Hawaiian time, Neptunites, the sunshine in your mouth. Neptunites, For bubble tea supplies in your home, at a party or business, contact Bubble Tea Supply at 948-2622 or online at bubbletea.com. Neptunites, the sunshine in your mouth. How do you sell his company to Akamai Technologies for $3 billion? Find out at greatergoodradio.com. Who donates 6% of sales to make more money? Find out at greatergoodradio.com. How do you get 100 stores and 100 million in sales in less than 10 years? Find out at greatergoodradio.com. Who raised $50,000 in a few weeks for the tsunami relief? Find out at greatergoodradio.com. And all while benefiting the community. Greatergoodradio.com. 
We're back with Mitch Dolier, President and Chief Executive Officer of Kaneohe Ranch Company and the Harold K. L. Castle Foundation. Do you remember a time when the only thing that made it successful for you was your passion? Well, see, I think my passion helps me recruit great teams because I had a great team of players of Victoria Ward Limited. I had first Derek Wood, then Leslie Brown and Melissa Pruce in bringing new tenants to Ward. No way I could have done that. Skill sets I didn't have and didn't have energy and time. I had Gavin Christensen who came from Hawaiian Airlines initially and then I had Jeff Dinsmore helping me on the finance side. I had and actually a strong team of people that were already at Victoria Ward Limited uh, that helped. And so it was, it was a matter of taking the team that I found and building that team. I think, I think the energy and enthusiasm and passion probably helped me convince people that it was okay to follow this crazy guy. Because that's, like, that's, that's one of the big questions is why would they follow? And I think passion's part of that. But I also think fun's part of it. Because I think during the time when we worked the hardest at, at Ward and at County Ranch, I think we always had fun. Are there any tips that you can give us to being an effective communicator? Because you said that's so key in relationships mm -hmm. and having a team follow you. Mm -hmm. I think the first thing in being a good communicator is being a good listener. And while you're communicating, you really need to listen when people are communicating back to you to try to see whether they understand or whether they don't and try to determine whether they believe or whether they don't because a lot of times everybody be people in Hawaii are really nice and sometimes even when they disagree with me they'd be nice to me and so it's like I had to, I had to be able to figure out by the messages I was getting whether people were being nice to me or whether they really believed and so part of it's listening. I think listening is a lost art. I think everyone could learn to listen more. And I worry now that I don't listen enough and I don't listen well enough. So I work on myself. I have to sit on myself to make sure I'm listening. Second thing is uh, communicate a whole lot, especially in big organizations. Uh, tell them, tell them that you told them remind them a third time that you told them, maybe make them say it back to you to make sure you get it. You can't, you can't, you can't over-communicate in big organizations. And communication is a key to the whole thing. And then the other part of it is what are you communicating? And it, both at Ward and at County Ray Ranch and at our foundation, part of it is with your team in place, building a strategy to go forward and getting everyone to buy into the strategy and building a strategy with good suggestions that others have. You know, listen to the rest of the team well enough, because nobody, nobody, you know, in any place, can do it on their own. What would you say to people that are considering getting involved in the community, but not really sure because they feel maybe they're too young or they're too busy in their career? Well, one of the best things in my life and my career was my involvement in community organizations because it enriches your life 
and gives you understandings that'll help your business in ways that you're not gonna get just by doing the business. Because whatever business you're in, you're in a silo, you're in kind of a narrow window of things, and, and that's how it is. Your whole horizon expands when you go out into the community. And I think maybe you can't understand what your passions are until you've really experienced the, rich, the richness and opportunities and challenges of community. So I would say to anyone that says, I'm too busy to get involved, I would, say, I would tell them that they're crazy because they need to reorder their priorities. Because we, we all need to give back to community or we're not going to have the community that we have. Uh, and so many good examples here that preceded me gave back to community in so many magnificent ways. It's kind of like natural to do it too. Can you share those instances where you've seen um, people following your footsteps, knowing that it is important to give back and follow like what you did? I mean, there are lawyers that I've seen go on. Many of my partners at Goodsill got involved in charitable activities, maybe in part because they saw partners like me getting engaged in the community and doing it and knowing that it was acceptable to do that. Uh, I mean, there's a host of younger people that get engaged in the community. I asked leadership teams at Victoria Ward and at County Ray Ranch to get engaged in community activities, not only to give back, but to expand their own horizons. I try to work on an education plan for employees that work for me or the company that I have an opportunity to lead. And it's like, okay, here's where the employee is. What are the, what are the ways to grow that employee's skills the most ways? Generally, giving an employee a leadership opportunity in the community or broadening their horizons or giving them more contacts through giving back to community is a great way to grow employees. It's also in my view, a great way to get employees to stay in Hawaii. Because you can't really get to know this community without falling in love with it. And once that happens, they're lifelong Hawaiians. So would you use um, community involvement for your higher level executives, almost like their training? Boy, absolutely. Yeah. I think, I think it's important. And I think I would wonder about an employee that wasn't concerned about community and wasn't interested in giving back. But no, I think it's. Well, I, th I just think it's a great opportunity to have a lot of experiences. I think it's a great opportunity to exercise leadership, to use communication skills. Thanks for joining us today, Mitch. Hey, Evan, it was great being with both of you today. Okay. Aloha, you guys. Thanks for joining us today on Greater Good Radio. For more information or a transcript of today's show, please visit us online at greatergoodradio.com. This is your host, Evan Leong and Carrie Leong, saying please join us next time for another episode of Greater Good Radio Hawaii.